0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self employed. Most people refer to starting their own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitchell yes what uh i want to talk
1: about a few things before we get started oh I've, I've been seriously thinking about doing oh, i can't believe want to say this it makes me fucking sick to my stomach i've been thinking about doing 75 hard
2: oh man
0: yeah
1: all the other guys are doing yeah. it in the group only one of them f- succeeded the rest of
0: them folded dude it's it's not easy um <laughs> the hardest part who for you, you who
1: are you talking to I know. I know it's not easy.
0: The hardest part for you is going to be probably the reading ten pages a day, because you hate reading with a passion.
1: Ten pages I can probably do, but I do hate reading.
0: And it it has to be a personal development or self help book. It can't be. Oh, it can't be fiction. Can't be. Oh
1: yeah, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it has <laughs> to be. Gonna, I'm not gonna
1: make it. Yeah. Uh, I thought the hardest part would be giving up like not drinking as well not
0: drinking yeah that can be like i don't
1: like i'm not drinking now like i'm not you know
0: that's rare (laughs) 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 fuck
1: you (laughs) that's not true i don't drink every day
0: yeah i drink a lot more than i should Uh, i mean i'll give you that my business tripled when i did it
1: i'm not looking at it that way i just i feel like i'm getting soft that's all. Yeah. Like I'm getting older, getting a little soft, like, eh, it might be time to start working out again. Yep. So if you're going to do something, you know, yeah,
0: if you're going to put a structure to a workout, yeah, might as well do like that. Like it's
1: hard to just, I shouldn't say it's hard. It's, it's weird for me to just be like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out today. Right. You know what I mean? Like I need, like I got to have kind of a plan and some structure in place. Dude, I am. So I don't know.
0: I am lost I without my, do it my morning workouts. I am like absolutely lost. Dude, I drove to Dallas well, last week. You have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> I drove to Dallas last week, packed all my protein shakes, my post-workout shakes, packed everything, right?
1: So you got to take an extra two suitcases for your ego and one for all your vitamins?
0: (laughs) For my ego. (laughs) So then uh, I even packed my workout shoes and everything. Get down there, wake up early to go to the gym on day one. Didn't pack any gym clothes. All I packed were jeans. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! So you go to Walmart? Did you go hit the Walmart? No, nope, no, I chafing. didn't even do the Walmart. I just did lunges and push-ups in my hotel room in my boxers. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, okay. I mean, it's a workout. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on fire.
1: You I mean, want to be on fire? Do a wall sit for about 20 minutes. Yeah, you'll be on fire. Your hips and thighs will hurt so bad. You'll be like, oh, longest wall sit I've ever
0: done is five minutes. That's a long what wall sit.
1: So where you sit against the wall uh, like you would in a chair, but you have no chair.
0: Legs, 90 degree uh, bend, back yeah. against the wall, feet on the floor. And it has to be 90, right? I'll give a you $1,000
1: $1, if you can do it for two minutes. So
0: I got in trouble
2: in junior camp one time, and one of the punishments was whipped cream on underneath your nose and on your nose, and you hold your hand straight out, and they put a baseball bat right there. You gotta sit there too. for like 10 minutes.
1: That's tough, too. That was so tough. Arms that are gone. That's like hazing. It is like, hazing. Yeah. I mean, the, it, Dude, they it, were, the whipped cream's over the top. Like, yeah. I don't understand that part. That was like, because like, like I didn't want to baseball you were I do naked. I
0: don't get that. <laughs> you no, know, it's because, like, you want to itch. there's so a Catholic church. Not camp, though.
1: only. No,
2: it was Pentecostal.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> dark. <laughs> no, it was Pentecostal. That's some dark shit. <laughs> I don't
2: know. God only knows what they do in Canada. Because Catholics are crazy strict, no matter what they do. Dude, they do a lot of work. I want to tell you these chandeliers yeah. and stained glass windows. We're going to spank
0: you naked. <laughs>
2: Sign me up. <laughs> the only other punishment I had in your camp was I had to do push-ups, but they had these big wounds of like like uh, cords or whatever, like extension cords, and they just kept just putting on your back like as you were doing push-ups. That was tough. <laughs> I feel like the people I got punished by, like, we're just kind of doing a back door, like they were just really upset at me for talking during church or something like that. Yeah, it's hazing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they'd be like, "You showed up five minutes early. You're in trouble. You should have been seven minutes early." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly but what that that is. that's what that is. You're like you can never win. And they probably oh have some God. really
2: rowdy kids. You know, it's like because you're still like you know developing and just some crazy people out there.
1: So it's like, you know. Uh yeah. yeah. I've I've seen some crazy stuff go on. My thirteen yep. and fourteen year old boys, <laughs> Mitch. Yep, I've I've been a part of some crazy stuff. That guy was nuts. I'm going to give
2: their ears a break because before the podcast started, I, I talked for about 20 minutes straight. awesome. Austin, <laughs>
1: turn your mic off. A little, <laughs> a little bit of caffeine. Yeah, he's yes. had a little bit of something. I,
2: I've been like off sugar and I started drinking the sweet tea. It's the most sugar I've had in probably like two He weeks. literally
1: said, I'm going to stop talking and then just kept talking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah see how that works. Is he like this all day? Sometimes. Yeah. Before yeah. the show, you said you wanted to talk about war.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the war just a little bit.
0: So this is going to be wild. I don't know anything about it, not one thing. I've, I've 100% avoided all the I news about it.
1: So I haven't been avoiding the news about it, but I just, like, I'm not letting it eat me up. Mm-hmm. But then on the way over here, so I'm listening to uh, 96.5 The Bus. Okay. Super left wing radio yeah. station. Oh, yeah. yeah like, hardcore. everyone's got pink hair. Yeah. It's alt rock. I love alt rock. Uh, you know, so I, I just, on the way here, I kick it on and I'm like, well, they are ta- They have an afternoon talk show, I guess. Well, they're talking about how all of these... So keep in mind, they're leftists, mm-hmm. but all these leftist colleges and all these people that are having protests are basically like doing Nazi chants. And like one of their chants was um, from the river to the... Uh, from the river to the beach or from the river to the coast or whatever well what that is is an anti um jewish saying that they are wanting to completely wipe out israel off the map like they're saying this in protests right and they're and they're defending these people going into this country and killing little children and cutting their heads off like this is it i I mean these are extreme leftist crazy people and then even people on the left are like dude what the fuck are you talking about yeah like do you even know what you're saying like these are the same people that for months and months and months are like everyone's a racist we have to live together and now yeah. they're like fuck the jews Unity. Like, it, it's like yeah it's just like the most crazy off the wall weird time that we're in it's just It's nuts, man. So
0: I've seen a couple of my conservative friends posting statements along the lines of like, if you are for raping and murdering women and children, you know, somebody somebody coming into the country and raping and murdering women and children, then like you can fuck right off or you can unfriend me, you know, whatever. And so, again, I've I've intentionally stayed Mm. so far out of this that I'm like okay those are all cons- like I've been able to gather that okay the conservatives are speaking in opposition to somebody yeah like so okay so obviously the liberals seem to be for this doing all of this and the conservative like that's a, that's as literally as involved as I've gotten with this whole well,
1: thing also like as like, so what you were just saying there, like, as I'm listening to talk radio and this and that, and this has been, like, for the last week and a half, I'm like, oh, this is, they're saying all this stuff and they can't, wow. I mean, they're just poking the bear, you know, whatever. Mm. And then I hear leftists say the same thing, like, what are you fucking doing? Right. Like, so you know it's completely crazy and out of line. And what's weird is, like, you know how, like, when you listen to media and all this and every, you know everyone's biased and they're doing this and they're doing that and blah, blah, mm. blah. These terrorists literally, they were dropped into a music festival with parachutes. There's video of it. They drop into this and they kidnap women, men, and take off with them. And they're holding these hostages. And there's huh. videos of them actually taking children out of homes and cutting their heads off. Damn! Like these things are actually. And then all of these. And, and the real weird. The real problem is. And and uh, of course no one's actually reporting all of the news on the major cable stations, right? Right. Like, so Hamas is, they're a terrorist group. Right. They're like ISIS. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. same thing. Well, most of them happen to be Palestinian. Okay. Okay, that doesn't mean all Palestinians are Hamas. Right. Okay, and that all Hamas are from Palestine. But all of these people just jump on board the rhetoric and they're like, no, it's about time they took off and started fighting israel and blah 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 and they're like no they crossed a sovereign border and started a war with people and now you're telling those people they can't defend themselves and right. and like what do you like the, i just think the world is so backwards like right now
0: i did see some it's post, so
1: fucking dumb man
0: i did see some post that said hamas is about ready to fafo yeah <laughs> and they're gonna learn why we don't have free health care yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that's good. And I'm like, that's pretty funny. That is good. That's so, just, that's really good. I mean I've I've heard the stories that like one of our previous administrations gave six hundred million dollars to what is now Hamas or something.
1: Well they <sighs> So they gave Iran six billion dollars. That's what it is in a prisoner exchange,
0: and and then the six uh, Iran but is they, somehow funded Hamas. They and have so, been, they, yeah. so. It's true that they
1: have been funding Hamas for years, right? Um, and so like, and I don't want to get into like all the politics of it because I think it's like that's beyond what the actual point is. Right, right, right. I think what's and actually, there's um, they said today that on the northern border of Israel, um. I can't remember who's up there. They're starting to f- fight with them too. Right. So they're, gonna, they're already on two fronts. They may end up having another. So Palestine's actually to what would be the east of them. Right. So if they go to war with them, then they're on three fr- fronts. And Iran came out like two days ago or whatever. And they're like, well, if the U.S. or anybody steps in and they do all this, then we're going to come help fight too. Right. Like that's – and when we were talking earlier and I said, hey, I w- we want to talk border just for a little bit. Like that's – like that's scary. Right. Like, that's, you're literally, you already have Russia and China. You have China helping Russia, Russia attacking Ukraine. Right. Which, everything's on the edge already. Right. right. Syria's on the edge with that. Well, now Syria's going to be on the edge with this war in Israel. Yeah. And then, I, like, dude, we could literally, for the first time in a very long time, be seriously talking about World War Three. Yeah, yeah, we're,
0: we're like close.
1: And, and, and what ha- what's worries me the most is, like, the economy's already super frail. Like yep. it only takes one thing yeah. for that thing to just be in the dumpster. Pop it. Right. Like I've been saying for a long time, just let's get the fuck after it. Like if we're going to do it, let's do it. Right. Like somebody ship some people over here. So that those of us with a bunch of rifles have got something to do. Right. Like, cause if there's going to be no work, but like,
0: yeah, it, <clears throat> I mean, I'll say this. Am I for cutting kids heads off? No. Am I for raping women? No. Right. Like it is what it is. But at the same token, it's fucking war. Right. Like the idea that there should be rules for war is kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? The
1: Geneva Convention is
0: weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I I get that it has its place and I get that there, you know, like to me, the idea of war crimes is just the most oxymoronic thing ever, because like, wait a minute, we're fighting each other and killing each other as citizens. But there's rules to this. Yeah. Like, oh, I killed them the wrong way. Well... You know what I mean? I mean, there's...
1: So... Like... I'll, I'll give you both examples. So, like, when you go into an area and you're taking it over, and the women and children and the old ladies and old men are fleeing, let them go. Right. Like, no, they're not I, fighting I, you. I totally understand But then it. at the same time, when you bomb an area... And then they come on the news and they're like, well, they killed women and children. No, they're dropping bombs. Yeah. We call that collateral damage. Yeah. Like that's what happens in war. Right. Like, but these people were deliberately targeting them. Right. That's different. That's the difference.
0: And, and just like we say on the very basic, you know, person to person level that people behave differently because they're, they're no longer afraid of getting punched in the mouth if they say something wrong, right? Yeah. Well, nationally, we behave differently because we know you're not going to get proverbially punched in the mouth from another nation, right? They might like nation stuff, right? We're talking populations in the millions and the billions here. Yeah. But like, okay, if I piss this nation off, they send a rocket over here and kill 60 of our citizens. And let's be honest. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not wishing death on anybody, but if somebody kills 60 Americans, it's not the atrocity of the century. I mean, fuck, obesity's killing more than 60 every day and we seem to not care about that, right? Oh no, but, you can't
1: say anything about that. Then well, people right. get their feelings hurt.
0: But but what I'm saying is like <sighs>
1: I'm not a fat. nation
0: I'm does portly. that and we act like it's the end of the world when really it's not that big of a deal in in retrospective history. In the in the retrospective history, yes. Right. And so <clears> like I mean, we're we're generations away from it. All the people that were in World War II are almost gone. Yeah. Right. People in Vietnam are in their 70s. Now, the children of World War II are in their 60s and 70s right now. Yeah,
1: they're the boomers. Right. Education, everyone.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> so there are children that were around then. Yes. But the adults that were around during World War II weren't here. And so like, when World War III eventually does happen, it's going to be the worst thing everyone has ever seen in their life because it literally is the worst thing everybody has ever seen in their life.
1: Yeah. Right? The the problem with this, and I'm not a conspiracy person, per se, like, but, like, this this would be the first time, not the first time, because obviously we bombed Japan, but those were A-bombs are a little different. Like, this would be the first time where literally 10 countries have nuclear weapons that they can launch. Right. Like, you're literally talking about potentially the end of the earth right, right, or right. world or just making it so hard to live that it's like, what's the fucking point?
0: I mean, go like, look at nine 11, nine 11 is arguably one of the largest war style attacks this generation has ever seen. Yeah. Right. The,
1: the two biggest attacks on our soil in our, in the, the last 200 years are Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor and nine 11.
0: But I mean, I'm talking globally. Nine Eleven killed three thousand people. Yeah, right. I don't know. I'm sure there may be something, like maybe maybe Russia and Ukraine more than three thousand people have died. Oh yeah, way more.
1: Okay. So so in the in the initial attack uh, of Hamas on Israel, I think they like the first day was like eighteen hundred people.
0: Okay. So like
1: so we're all, it's on that scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is like if Nine Eleven rocked the nation and it just took killing three thousand people to do that. Imagine what happens when a war ramps up and a hundred thousand people die. Yeah. That's what like like that's war. It's it, you know, this it's this weird. idea of war where fourteen people died over here and then we sent over an ops mission and killed three people over there and retaliate like yeah, to that's me not that's war. not war. That's like picking scabs like neighbor like neighboring nations picking scabs at each other.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be and it's weird. It's hard for me to visualize in my mind what a 100,000 people would look like, you know?
0: I mean, obviously we're... Arrowhead Stadium is 80,000 people with nobody on the field.
1: I mean how we would lose that many soldiers or people. Like, the only thing that could happen realistically is we send that many people over. I can't imagine that even happening right now. And then all of them dying. Or the only other way is if someone did get a huge bomb here to like a big city like la or something like that right where that many you know what i mean it's just hard for me to fathom that Mm -hmm. many people dying like within a month
0: period that's why you know kansas city a flyover state we're like a not even a blip on a radar
1: yeah don't come here motherfuckers we all got rifles well we
0: all got guns but you ain't gonna bomb kansas like well you know they say imagine bragging about bombing kansas city
1: well they say that we're actually like the third target and it's not us it's it's men.
0: Yeah, well, we've got Whiteman, and we've also got uh, Lake City Ammunition Plant, which is one of the largest yeah, ammunition plants for the They're military, Kansas right? Kansas
1: City would actually be one of the first targets.
0: Well, I'm not anywhere close to either of those, so.
1: Dude, if they dropped an A-bomb on Lake City
0: yeah, or okay, Whiteman, A-bomb, a little bit different. It,
1: it's over. Yeah. You're
0: vaporized. Yeah, Actually, I
1: don't know how far. I can't I remember how many miles. Those would be. I don't know how many miles we are from Whiteman anymore. So I can't remember. 50? To tie 50 this back 60? to business. be...
2: Be taken out. I mean, it's a bombs That's like ten thousand feet high. So, I mean, I imagine that's going to take us out too.
1: Maybe I don't know. To
0: tie this back to business, well, we can just be... talk to-
1: stopping about war if you want. No, no, no. I just wanted to bring it up because I- it's weird. Yeah, we're in a weird time. Man. Well, and
0: I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right by staying so totally far removed from it.
1: For, I'm not saying for for you're me, wrong. It's like
0: I've got all these goals and objectives I need to hit. I can't change what's happening in Israel, and I can't change what's happening in Ukraine. No, I mean, of course not. Hell, my vote isn't even changing that. So it's like I'm going to focus on me and do me, and they're going to do them. And you should at least get a couple of guns. Yeah, I, I really should. Like, I don't own a single fucking rifle. It's so weird. I know. To me. I know. Like, so
1: it, when we grew, were growing up, you guys went hunting all the time, right? Your right. dad had tons of guns, and and not tons. Not,
0: he had four, five, six, something it, like that. Really, it just comes down to me being frugal, like. <laughs> Like I don't collect anything. I don't You're
1: the it, most unfrugal person I've ever met in my life.
0: It's not it's uh, a, <laughs> like, let's call it isolated frugality. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real thing? Yeah, okay. like like so I don't I don't go out to bars on the weekends. I don't Yeah. I don't party. I don't do all that stuff, but like I, I buy a nice car.
1: Now he buys a new or, truck every fucking year. A and a nice half. Like house. I got to have a new
0: fucking truck, bud. Yeah. And then every time I come over,
1: it's got new wheels yeah. and tires <laughs> like every six weeks. Like, oh, I got I this. Make, I got that. I got this. I make this, all I of those that. a
0: wash. I never lose money on that shit.
1: Whatever.
0: I'm just saying. I'm I lose time on it, but I don't lose money.
1: Bullshit. What is it, what is it we talk about all the time on the show?
0: Time, time is money. money, baby. Yeah.
1: Time is money.
0: I do lose time on it, but part of it too is kind of like a hobby. Yeah. So, it, like, it's fun to tinker on shit and everything else. It's, so.
2: it's nice to have something that you do that occupies your mind that's not, like, the thing you get paid for. Like, yeah, for me, it's cooking. For him, it's working in your truck. It's just, like, that thing where, like, I'm not getting graded on this. This isn't to worry about getting a profit on this, necessarily.
1: My yeah. new, new thing's sleeping. There you go. <laughs> you and Danielle just, both. Man, I've been tired a lot lately. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about something not depressing. We're
0: going to talk about as as a building business we're going to talk about what it's like to work your way out of the field and into a management role or more of the office side of things so Hey, if you like what you're hearing on the void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show instead of working in the business, working on the business. And if you're if you're building a growing company, um, this should be a goal of yours. And if it's not a goal of yours, then you probably started your company for the wrong reasons. Or you probably started your company for reasons why most people wouldn't really imagine you would. Because, like, you you could stay working for somebody else and stay in the field and get a fairly steady paycheck and all of those kinds of things, right? the idea that you would take on all of the stress and all of the risk and all of the extra work to run a company and not try to remove yourself from the field seems a little wild. Right. And, um, it can be hard for some people to grasp, but like I didn't start our company so that in 20 years, I'm still turning wrenches and setting toilets. And a lot of people will say that, you know, I'm not going to be turning wrenches and setting toilets in 20 years. But meanwhile, five years in, they're no closer to working their way out of the field than they ever were when they started, right? And yeah. so that 20 years stays a proverbial 20 years from today. It's constantly 20 years from today, right? Yeah. Well, it's um, easy for them to put it off in their mind. You know what I mean? Right. And then where, the, where it starts to come full circle is they didn't, do it, they didn't do a good enough job of working themselves out of the field early enough. And so then they start getting tired, physically and mentally tired. And so now they've owned this business for five or eight years. They're no closer to being out of the field than when they started. And now they're tired. And they, so they, now they want to throw in the towel. And they're like, well, I'll just sell my business. Well, the problem is nobody is going to buy a business that requires the owner's involvement in the field day in and day out. That business is not worth anything
1: well, it's worth something but not nearly what they think it is it's
0: it's the assets are worth something
1: yeah assets phone number client list if you're busy but it's not these guys act like it's worth five million bucks and it's worth
0: but let's be honest 50 if like, the owners in the field every day your phone number and your client list isn't worth anything either the reason why is because the reason those clients are there is because of the owner and if I buy that company or anybody buys that company and the owner is removed from the picture, how many of those clients go away? Right. So when it look like when it comes, let's go full gamut, end of the line. When it comes to selling the company, people don't want to buy a, a person's job. They want to buy a functioning company that turns revenue and profit on a fairly predictable basis. And if the owner's involvement in the field is still required for all of that to happen, you don't have predictable revenue and predictable profit because a lot of those customers might really be connected to that owner. Well, they could be. They
1: could be. And there's, and I'll just play devil's advocate. It's <clears throat> there are ways to handle that, right? Like when you buy out, and you and I actually talked about this. I don't know if you remember, like four mm-hmm. months ago. You're getting that. You're getting if you're buying someone out like that you're they're staying on like yeah. you you have to have they have to stay on yep and then what you do is you would you would make a transformation in that company and they are still the poster child for that business right but then the next time they go over to willie's house to work on his water heater he's got a new kid with him yep you're like yep this is one of the guys in training yeah and then you like slowly you know work that guy out of the field but that that still can take two three years yeah and it's hard to buy something and accept And it's hard to buy something and think that that's going to work out exactly like you think it is.
0: Right, right, right. right.
1: You know what I mean? Like, he may not want to do that.
0: Right. And we don't even have to carry the conversation too long into, like, selling the company. Um, Because a lot of people don't want to sell, and that's perfectly fine, right? However, you didn't start the company to slave away in the field all day long every day, right? Right. Like there's a bunch of different ways you could like if you hated your boss and you, you wanted to be your own boss, you could find other ways to do that without starting and creating your own company. And so um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that start their own company. They think they're going to grow. They don't put too much planning to it. And then five years later, they're still in the field. Yeah. And then <clears> and <throat> then they're it's wearing on them. Right. And so we're gonna talk about like how to work yourself out of the field. And first of all, you have to have a field team that's big enough to function and do the day-to-day duties without you being in the field. And so you need to look at yourself as wearing multiple hats. You're a field person, you're also probably the bookkeeper and you're probably also the you know, phone answerer and all of those things but you're wearing all of those hats and eventually you're going to grow the business to where you can take off one of those hats at a time. Right. So like when I started our company, I had a massive leg up when I started our company and that was that my wife was not working at any like official job. When I started our company, she was a waitress at one of the restaurants in town, but it's not really like that's something you can easily walk away from. Right.
1: Yeah. Bye bitches.
0: Yeah. And so I started out of the gate with somebody able to answer my phones, which was a huge step in the right direction for us. Right. And she was, she wasn't even getting paid for it. She was just no payment, no nothing. She just answered the phones and scheduled my shit. Right. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't have that because she was doing it for free, um, if I didn't have that, I would have had to work into that. Right. I would have been answering phones and doing that. And then, so as I'm hiring more field guys, so the first thing you hire is field guys. you got to have producers before you can do anything else. And so the first th- two people we hired were producers. They were field guys, right? And But you've um, got to have that work. you got to have the work. Coming right? in. Right. Yeah. And so you need to be doing work at a level that's bringing you word-of-mouth referrals and recommendations and everything else, and then now all of a sudden you've got more work coming in than you can physically do. And um, you recognize how many units you can complete every day. And I say units because some people do service. Some people do new construction. It depends on what you're doing, right? But you have to have enough work coming in to warrant bringing somebody else on. And how you get that work coming in is, is providing the absolute best service, telling everybody how much their referral means to you, getting Google reviews, and, and just repeating that process over and over and over You do that as a small shop, you're going to have more work than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. If you're a small shop and you don't have that, then you you're, you're not doing that. Like you're not providing the best service imaginable. You're not telling everybody how much their recommendation means to you. And you're not asking for referrals and you're not asking for Google reviews. Yeah. It's literally that simple. If you are a one man show, it's easy to have twice as much work than you can handle. It is Oh yeah, fucking easy. You don't right? even
1: have to, you don't even have to go as far as, um, as far as that when you're on your own. Like you don't have to have a Google page. You don't, don't have help. to like literally just word of mouth. If you're good at your job and reasonably priced, yeah, you literally will have so much work you're turning it no, away and,
0: and have the Google page because it's free. No, I right? know. I'm just saying like website. You don't. You may not need a website, but at least yeah. do the Google My Business page.
1: But you don't. I mean, I, I'm just saying without any of that, you will still be mm. busier.
0: Yeah. Then so you can handle if you
1: also, if you really want to be.
0: You're
2: also those super flexible. Sorry to cut you off because it's like when you're on your own, it's like, it's like say it's five and someone's like, hey, I need. They're five minutes away. You could go and you can address your price accordingly. Okay, I didn't have to drive twenty minutes to get here. I had to do this, so you're able to like. Yes. Produce and like basically take a job that would take two hours and you're like well, I could bust this out in an hour, but then like as you but then that process you know when you get people underneath you or you're not underneath but like producers yeah it's like it's a little different because like when you're by yourself you can flex and mold and like just jump in jump out right and Mm
0: -hmm. i I was doing that right i would take every job for the maximum value it could give me and and so if somebody if i got into a situation where they really needed a 400 hundred dollar repair and they confided in me that they only had 200 bucks rather than sticking my feet in the sand and being like nope it's 400 take it or leave it like, I would water down the repair and be like, here's what I can do for 200 right? Yeah. I didn't want to waste the opportunity, and I was in the mode of, I can't get a recommendation from you until I make you a happy customer. Yeah. So, I need you to buy something from me. I need to make you a customer. Yeah. So that I can make you a happy customer, so that I can get a referral, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's like gear one, like first gear of business, right? Second gear yeah, of business, take it all. Yeah, you're taking <laughs> everything it all. You can. Take Second it all. Second gear of business is you. You now have more work than you can do physically, and so you're going to hire another producer. You're going to. So if you're new construction, you're hiring another new construction employee. What plumber, electrician doesn't matter. Like you're going to hire somebody else that can help produce work. Um, if you're a service, you're hiring another service tech. Whatever the case may be. Um, the reason why you're going to do that is because now you can double your revenue. If you go from one producer to two producers, your revenue should, in theory, double. And if you're really good, you're going to hire somebody that's better than you, and your revenue is going to more than double, right? Because we all like to think we're good. And and some guys never grow because they refuse to allow themselves to believe that other people are better than them. But like I actively try to seek out people that are better than me. Um, no one's better than well, me. Well,
2: that's how you make it to the, the <laughs> next generation, like... I've heard people say this and my pastor said this is like, he wants the the next pastor, which is his son or people that come after them to do better things. Right. And grow more. And so he's all about like, and what's know. funny
0: is we all want a better life. Like we all want our kids to have a better life than we had, mm-hmm. but we get selfish with it when it, when it comes to our peers at work. Mm-hmm. We're like, get challenged by somebody being better than me. Well, like I got news for you. We go race them go-karts across town. I can't beat my son anymore. My son is faster in those go karts than I am. Well, I chalk it up to the fact that he weighs like a hundred pounds less than I do. This is so it's easier. This is but the video, realistically. This like, is he's the video.
1: This is the video game thing. Like as you get older, like you couldn't go online and play Halo. Oh
0: God, no! Because those Decimated. kids,
1: there's kids, their brains work so much faster yeah. than yours. Like it's just
0: that's just part of life. Yeah, you know. But, but what I'm saying, like when it comes to employers. Don't be challenged by when an employee comes in and does something better than you. So many employers fuck it up. So many employers have an employee. Yeah, they beat them down immediately. They have an employee that comes in and like does great things on their own with no assistance and makes customers happy. And then guys will be like looking for a reason to get mad at him. Well... He put his pliers on that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reference a, a comment from the Tradewinds group today. He put his pliers on that fitting wrong. I'm writing him up for that. That's improper use of tools, <laughs> right? And I'm not saying our Tradewinds guy's guys doing that. I'm just no, saying. Now, they're just buzzing your balls. Right, right, right. No, I'm just saying that there are guys <laughs> that will funny. do that, right? <laughs> like, ultimately, the goal is to achieve the objective by making customers happy and solving their problem. Yeah. I don't care how my guy holds the pliers when he's doing that. Did he solve the problem? Yes. Mm. Did he make the customer happy? Yes. Yeah. Pass. 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 Fail. And and one of the it's Questions over.
2: I had for you was how how to get past and overcome because as you start getting as you're out of the field watching someone who didn't who gets the job done but they didn't do it how you did to be like because uh, I, I saw on your face when we were at that one job where it's like the plumber he technically plumbed it but it wasn't how you would do it and so to be like. In your mind, to be like, that's how I would do it. But, you know, hey, you got the job done.
0: Is the customer happy? <laughs> yeah. Is it done? So, so.
2: Am I getting paid? This was on that field house job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, done is better than perfect any day of the week, right? And if you've got a team of guys that can get shit done, GSD, that's what you need. It's so many oh, really acronyms. acronyms for you, dude. It's yeah. like every,
1: like on the trade winds calls, like you just start dropping all these in, and I'm thinking these kids are just, are like they've had enough of this so motherfucker.
0: <laughs> you you got guys that can get shit done, but meanwhile, a micromanager or somebody who has a inferiority complex or something—I don't know what you would call it.
1: They'll, Usually they'll be like picking it apart. Or bad right? self esteem.
0: I would have piped it this way. I would have done it this way. I would have done that. And like I catch myself kind of doing that and I have to remind myself, did they get shit done? Good. Move on.
2: Yeah. Right? I watched it real time and you 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 overcame it for sure. Not that I didn't think you would, but you're just like and you just looked away from
0: it. Yep. And and I mean some of that is just our own internal passion to do things to yeah. a high level, right? Yeah. But but ultimately, you're going you're gonna to have more work coming in than you can physically do, so you're going to hire another producer. And then you are going to work closely with that other producer to repeat exactly what you were doing. That other producer needs to have the same level of passion you did for getting stuff done at a high level, making customers happy, asking for their referral, and getting a Google review. Right. And if they replicate that to an 80%, like, keep in mind, when you hire somebody, the best you're hoping for is that they do things 80% to your level. That is the best you're hoping for. So where a lot of companies fail is my level as the owner is not high enough. So when my guys come in and do it 80% to my satisfaction, it's not enough. Now to get we're it below a passing score. Yeah. And, and I don't determine the passing score. The customer does. Right. Because the customer is the one 100 percent happy or not happy. The customer is the one making the referral and the customer is the one leaving the Google review. So if they aren't making the referral and leaving the Google review and they aren't happy, that's a fail. Right. So maybe I have to increase my standards as the owner to get my guys that are only going to run at 80 percent of me to do that. Right. Yeah. And
1: whether that be holding them to a higher standard, have better
0: training, whatever. Well, the flip side is you can never hold a guy. You'll never be able to hold your guys to a higher standard than you hold yourself. Yeah. Right. So when I say like I love hiring people that are better than me, I can still hold myself to a really high standard and just be outskilled by somebody. Right. I can I can say that I'm really good at sales and then I bring somebody else on that's even better than me at sales. I still hold myself to a really high standard. They're just better than me. Yeah. And, and that's okay, right? No, that's and, good.
1: That's what you want. I
0: know. That's exactly what you yeah. want. And so um, the, you know, 80% done is better than perfect any day of the week. You just have to determine what does what 100% done look like and make sure that when your guys are doing it 80%, it still hits on those three things. Happy customer, referral, Google review. OK, that's how you grow a company and you will have guys fuck shit up. I personally have never flooded a house in my life. I have one plumber that's flooded three houses. Two of those houses were the same house. He did it eight days apart. Right now. Do I fire him for it? Like so many guys are chomping at the bit. Oh, you're fired. I can't have that. I, I want perfection. Well, if you're chasing perfection, you're never going to grow a company. I'll say
1: No one's perfect. Right. Like you just can't get there. It's impossible.
0: Right. It's not so, going to ever,
1: it's, it's never going to happen.
0: And and these issues, you know, two of them were his fault. One of them wasn't really his fault. It was a manufacturer's defect. We added a step in our process to where we can look out for this defect in the future so that it doesn't happen. But I mean, it just is what it is, right? But ultimately, like, do you think, you know, any, any large scale business, your Raisin Cane's, your Quick Trips, your McDonald's, your Subway's, your, Holes, Target, anything like that. Do you think they're expecting perfection from their employees? Fuck no. No, of they give them really not. good processes, and they eighty percent's good. Yeah. Right? Well,
1: for some of those places, sixty percent's good. Exactly. They don't care. Yeah. They're just like, as long as we're moving merch. Yeah, they, what's You know, it's the benchmark, right? They, yeah. It's this, a two dollar hamburger.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> Who's really gonna like bitch shit. about a two dollar hamburger, right? Oh God, so, McDonald's. So Whoa. then do. you double your field staff <laughs> by hiring that first guy. And then you want to go again and hire more field staff. And then you want to hire more field staff. You want to get it to the point where you don't have a choice but to hire somebody in the office to support the field staff people, right? And because um, nothing good happens until something is sold. The sale has to happen before anything else. Yeah. Okay? So many people stack their office early and it doesn't make sense. We stacked our office pretty heavy early, but our office is now staged to where I could literally quadruple my field staff and not move my office staff one bit. So, like, we got to a good level, we kind of overstacked our office in preparation, and now we can grow the field staff tremendously, right?
1: How many guys... I know people are thinking this, someone I'm going to ask you. How many guys, and I know the number I would say, how many guys do you have to have in the field before they not only support their salary, but yours as well.
0: The number that I would use in the home services space is you need to be, as a small company, less than five employees, you need to be at 200000 in revenue per office employee. And that's pushing it. Probably need to be closer to 300000 in revenue per office employee. Yeah, and then however many okay.
1: guys in the field it takes to get there.
0: right. Yeah. So if you are the sole producer in your company and you're doing 300,000 in revenue, you're also probably doing double duty and being your own office guy, right? So you duplicate yourself. You hire another producer. Now you're capable of doing 600,000 in revenue because now there's two of you. And so now you can probably afford a part-time office employee. Yep. You run calls, like you answer the phones a couple of days of the week, they answer the phones a couple of days of the week or something, right? You may be able to tiptoe into full-time, maybe. Um, Just kind of depends.
1: So So you really need three to four before you can have an office staff, office phone answerer, not mm -hmm. staff, and you can be out of the field part-time.
0: So to be out of the field, largely out of the field, you really need three or more major producers. Yeah. I was going to say,
1: you need three or four guys working full time.
0: Yeah. And at that, at that level, like that's the bare, bare, like barrier to entry, the bare minimum. Yeah. At that level, your numbers don't look great.
1: No, they're going to look like shit. You're way
0: office heavy, right? At that number. But that one office person that you need to run three guys, that one office person can run nine or 10 guys. And so Mm. the three is the bare minimum that earns enough money to get them on board. But you can't hang around three very long. You got to you gotta push on past that, right? Yeah.
1: And, so, and that's where it also gets kind of tricky as far as at that point, if you're bringing a fourth on, like you're getting into the, you're getting into I have to have some marketing. I have to be bringing in some sales. Like I, word of mouth. It, yep. I mean, you can keep three guys busy, but when you start getting into that fourth and fifth, yep. now we're talking about Google LSA. Now we're talking about a little marketing. Now we're talking about advertising. Right. So it's it's weird that that specific number, that's like the teetering point for taking the next step. Yeah. Right. In a lot of areas.
0: Well, in, in, um, less than 5% of plumbing companies, less than 20% of plumbing companies ever break three trucks, less than 5% of plumbing companies ever break five trucks. Cause it's hard. It's hard, right? Yeah, it's hard. And I, I will be a hundred percent honest with you. The two truck to five truck plateau is one of the hardest plateaus in a service company. It's one of the hardest plateaus you will break because the workload is there to hire more people in the field, but you don't quite have enough money coming in to afford your marketing and an office person. And so it's just a delicate balancing act that you just have to figure it the fuck out. And that is going to give you the skills to take it to the next level. Right. We are, we're at that ceiling I don't want to say ceiling. We're at that plateau right now. We've been we've been toying around just a little over a million a year in revenue now for two straight years. I say a little over a million. Last year we did one point two. This year we're going to do like one point four to one point five. So previous to that, we did seven hundred and seventy nine. So we almost doubled our business from seven seventy nine to one point two. And then this year we're on a very slow increase, maybe 20% revenue increase. So, um, but I pulled the, I pulled the throttle back on increasing revenue this year. I started focusing on making our business more efficient so that we were bringing home more profit and getting to the profit to the right level. And then once we started doing everything efficiently behind the scenes, now we can push on the revenue side of things. But Ultimately, as you work your way out of the field, you need to make sure you have the right team too. your team should want you out of the field. If your team wants you in the field, you might not have the right team. And the reason I say that is your team should want the business to grow. Nobody wants to work for a failing business or a flatlined business. Nobody's proud to work at a failing business or flat-lined business. People are proud to work at growing businesses.
1: Well, they, wanna, they want them to be healthy so that they know they're getting a paycheck, too.
0: Exactly. Right? You
1: know, like, that's the bare minimum. Right. I, I want this to be healthy, and I want it to be a great place so that I don't have to think next week, oh, shit, I, I'm going to have to be looking for a job.
0: Yeah. So, like, as soon as we got our back-end stuff more efficient and we started hitting our profitability at the desired level, from that, literally that day... I started sharing and being fully transparent with all of our profit numbers and all of our numbers to the entire team. Um, I don't like they wouldn't know what the P&L is if they're looking at it. But I go over the high points of the P&L. I go over our revenue. I go over our field labor expenses and our field material expenses and our gross profit. I go over our marketing spend and all of the behind the scenes costs. And then I tell everybody every month exactly how much net profit we made every month. Yeah. And what's funny, before we got our finances efficient and we were really profitable like we are right now, I was almost embarrassed to go over those. And, and I, I don't wanna say embarrassed, I thought my guys would think I'm lying. Whenever, whenever we're doing $140,000 in revenue one month and we only profited like three grand, I'm like, there's no way my guys are going to believe this. I'm actually going to lose credibility with them when... <laughs> They're not going to believe that I'm blowing this much fucking money on right. nothing.
1: Now, They're going to think I'm a complete idiot. That,
0: that particular month True. in question, I paid a $40,000 tax bill that month. So that, that one's a little bit different. But... In in all fairness, we were still (laughs) lopsided, right? We were not charging what we were worth. We were not bringing in enough money to cover the business expenses and and so on. And so um, now that we are, now I'm, I'm totally cool with sharing all of that information because the guys should be excited about it, right? Yeah, The guys should be able to see that, guys, look, the more I pull out of the field, the better the business does. And the better the business does, the better everyone does. Yeah, like everyone wins when the business wins. Yeah, and and they all know my salary. They know I'm salaried at seventy grand a year. They see it on the P and L. The first six months of the P and L owner salary thirty five thousand dollars <throat> overpaid, <laughs> overpaid.
2: Yeah, I was gonna add in too. Like even if someone thinks they don't want change, they really do want change because yeah. it's like they don't realize that like you know like you kind of
0: that's like accountability. People yeah. say they don't want to be held accountable, but they absolutely do. Yeah, right. So. As you are designing your if you're in the design phase of your company, design it in a way that you're working out of the field. There's a book out there called The E-Myth Revisited. Read it. It's an amazing freaking book about how to build a company where it references all the different hats in the company and how you're wearing all of them. And whenever you're running out of time and you're running out of bandwidth, you find the most logical hat to remove from you and hire somebody to do that job. Yeah. And that might be answering phones. That might be doing bookkeeping. That might be parts running. That might be install. That might be sales. Like who knows what it is. But you, you look at it like you you envision your company at its completed form, and you've got sales managers, office managers, you know, install teams, sales guys, parts runners, dispatchers, customer service reps. You got all those things. Well, you're wearing all those hats yeah. in the beginning. You're literally running that full version of the completed company, but you're doing everything. And then as you grow and you run out of space, hire one off. And then as you grow and you run out of more space, hire another one off. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't fill the gap. They hire it off and then think it means more fuck-off time for them. And it absolutely shouldn't be. Like You should no. totally no, fill you're, that back up. Yeah,
1: you're, you're diving into something, into yeah. more detail.
0: A very A very similar book, and I actually just listened to this on my drive home from Dallas the other day. Um, the similar book is How to Buy Your Time Back, and you can find it on Audible. Um, it's a seven and a half how hour. How to buy your
1: time back? Yes. What's it actually about? It's is it a, just about business or is it about
0: life? No, it's it's the analytical version of literally how to buy your time back. In other words, let, let me just give you a, a super high level overview. You look at all the tasks you do throughout the day. Some of those tasks are hundred dollar an hour tasks. Yeah, Some of those tasks are $10 an hour tasks. So find somebody and pay them $10 an hour to do all those. Yeah. How much time are you a hundred dollar an hour person wasting on $10 an hour tasks? Right? Yeah. So find somebody to do all the $10 an hour tasks and pay them the $10 an hour. And now that freed up more room for you to spend more time on your hundred dollar an hour tasks. Yeah. And the book is really fucking cool. This guy who wrote this book, He's built, I don't know, five or seven businesses and sold them all for millions, okay? And he's really good about just the analytical side of things of buying your time back. He realizes time is the most precious commodity in the world, and so he buys all of his time back, and he's very, very successful. And then towards the end of the book, this is where it gets really cool. Like, it almost gives me goosebumps thinking about it. He's been been so successful that all, like, Once you start understanding how to buy your time back, your mind starts racing at all the shit you can do when you're sub basically subbing out your $10 and $20 and $30 an hour tasks out. Right. Yeah. So this guy takes it all the way into his personal life. He hires a house manager to buy more of his time back. So now he doesn't have to spend time vacuuming. And he doesn't have to spend time grocery shopping. He doesn't even put gas in his own car because his house manager handles all that, right? You're talking another level, though. It's, oh, that's, no, a, no. that's a lot of money. Well, what I'm that's saying is he's, <laughs> he's bought his time back so much that that's what he does, right? What does he do then? So now, now... Does he
1: just sit on the couch and eat donuts? Oh, God, no.
0: No, so he now he's a business consultant where he goes into businesses and help them understand gotcha. where they're being inefficient and buy their time back. So he travels all the time, right? Well, he wants to bring his family with him. And so he literally sends his house manager ahead, two days ahead of all family vacations. The house manager gets out there two days early and makes sure everything is how they want it. Okay. So that way, when they get out there, they're not spending... What, what happens when you and I yeah. go on vacation? You're spending the first half thing day we day fucking around, man. Right. The first thing we do, we got to go to the grocery store. We got to get all the food for the week. We got we to learn the lay of the land. We got to understand how to do this and how to do that. And we literally spend three quarters of the first day... Yeah, doing nothing. ...getting up to speed, yeah. right? Well, when your time is worth as much as his is, he doesn't even want to waste the three quarters of a day. So he sends his house manager out two days early. They're on salary. So he sends his house manager out two days early, gets the food, gets the layout, gets everything going. The house manager knows his likes wants and everything else. And so by the time he shows up out there, it's literally like fridge is stocked with everything that you want. I've already got your first day planned. This this dinner place here is a great option. I can also get a res over here. And it's like a twenty minute conversation instead of three quarters of a day. Okay. It's
2: like a, I don't even know if I could, and a secretary. I don't know kind of if I can handle the- that.
0: It's, it's like, a diff- I, I well, don't know if I don't
1: know if I could literally, I I would almost feel worthless. You know what I
0: mean? It's not worthless because he's built the system to be able to afford that and enjoy it. Right. No, now. I know. I'm
1: just saying, I don't know if I could enjoy that. How about no. that? That's probably better. I don't know if I could enjoy I just don't know if I could. It's it's like so far out there for me right. like, that it's hard for me to even imagine if I could do it or well, not. Well,
0: getting out of the field is so far out there for a lot of people that they don't know if they would enjoy being out of the field. They th- they've left it as this dream. Excuse me. They've you okay? Left- man? <laughs> I burped. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to throw up. <laughs> they've left it as this dream, and they've never really put a plan in place to actually turn it into like a budgetable goal, right? Yeah. And so what happens is... You put plans in place, you put it all into action, and now you're ready to rock and roll. How do
1: I turn his mic off while
0: he's gone? (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Austin just left the room. We can say whatever we want. Here, everybody, here's the code word. Austin left the room. If he comes to me this next week and says the word ostrich, I'll know he listened to this when he edited this show. Oh, I like this. If not, he didn't. Fucking ass hat. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to, Austin, you have to text me the word ostrich. This is a, this is a personal (laughs) challenge. Okay. I didn't want to
1: interrupt you, but you know, we were saying before we've,
0: we've said this a lot. Um, all right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers, it lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show.
1: Like that those are the type of people and, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to work in the business, but those are the people that they get their business sellable and then they hire someone else to do the CEO stuff and the CFO stuff, and then they still work in the field. Well, they if, can. if they if they want. If I'm that's saying their if enjoyment. they want, yeah, yeah if, if they enjoy doing that, yep. then they can still do that. But let's be honest, most of us are like you know what, I shouldn't say that. So like I like working on air conditioners and doing a little bit of plumbing. And I like doing that stuff, but I'm to the point where like my body's like, dude, what are you doing? Well, like you can't be on your hands and knees for six fucking hours. What you stop?
0: It's perfectly okay to like to do it, but not to want to do it day in and day out. Right. Yeah. Do it a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm largely Mm -hmm. removed from the field. Now, as we've brought on this County program and this big government contract, I've put myself back in the field really heavily for the last few months to make sure that this program gets off on, on the right foot, right? Yeah. But now I'm backing my way back out of the field, right? I've, I have jumped in. I invested the time, effort, and energy where it needed to be. I've got two installers that are largely up to full speed with this thing, and I'm buying my time back. And, and without sounding like – I don't want to sound like a freaking slave owner, right? But, like, I've bought my time back by hiring installers. Yeah. I bought my time back by hiring plumbers to run service calls. Yeah, I bought my time yeah. back by hiring people to answer the phones, right?
1: Yeah, by leaning on your other business partner and, and making him do all the work yeah. at fucking your other <laughs> business. <Whatever>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, ultimately... No, that's, that's, that's how you do that. Right. And it, it, and what's interesting, like just in your situation, um, like when you want to, if if you're a business owner and you want to reach out into other areas, if you wanted to um, start doing heating, cooling, or you wanted to have, um, another shop three hours away. The only way that you can do that is to be out of the field. Like, that's the only way that that happens. Right. That's the only way you get to that next level of growth is that you've put the processes and the employees, um, in a winning scenario so that they can do it without you. Right. Like that's the only way that happens.
0: Well, and like, like you're hitting on that. That's probably because that's part of my growth plan. I want to open up a shop a couple hours away, right? Well, the moment I yeah. say I want to open up a shop a couple hours away and I want to run two shops, I can't be in two places at once. So I absolutely have to have each place able to run without my twenty four seven involvement. Yeah, right. A hundred percent.
1: And I don't want to get off topic here, but you know we were talking earlier <clears throat> when you're at that three to five truck plateau, like you were saying. It's it's probably easier to go down the road three hours and and have two or three trucks than it is to get to seven.
0: In locally, right. locally, right. you know
1: what I mean. Yeah, it like it, the revenue is going to be up the same percentage. Yep. Overall, yeah. but it's going to be easier to get there
0: yeah there's different costs right like yeah of course if, if you're locally, your shop expense doesn't change your your website expense increases, but it doesn't double. It's not drastic, right, but like when you open up another location in another area, yeah you have a whole new shop expense, you have a whole new website, you have a whole new locational thing but but yeah, like that's that's where I'm intending to go with our business. I don't um, know why you don't go to liberty the oh we, we do we service liberty now it's too far, and I have where a shop certain- up there. That's yeah. where
2: sir, That's where it's really important at that step to have your guys who oh, you're want park. the business to grow. <laughs> sorry, I literally drank so much. Like I had to pee so bad, I was holding it off. I'm like, man, dude, I can't yeah. do this anymore. We oh, saw you sorry, run out guys. of here. We did. That's with but, your legs crossed. T- is, TMI, bro. <laughs> this is really important to be like where your guys want you to grow. Like at this step, because it's like to the guy who's yeah, um, who's maybe scared or. You know, is, is scared of growth or whatever. Who's like they hear? Oh, they're they're wanting to open up shop. Like I gotta, this my territory. Right,
0: yeah. right. And and so I, I can remember. So we opened our doors in August of 2020. Um, three months in, we paid off all of our startup stuff. Right. So that's August, September, and October. By the end of October, we paid off all of our startup stuff. And then we were grinding away and working away and doing all the things. And in January, we decided to take an impromptu ski trip. We had, we, I mean, we were making great money. I could take a four day weekend. I took two days off and, and piled on the weekend on top of that. Actually, I think it was a five day weekend um, because we, we did it around like Martin Luther King weekend or something like that. Yeah. But um, we decided to take the family skiing. And right before we started our company, literally the week before we opened our doors, I took what I thought at the time was going to be possibly my last family vacation for a while, because I knew I was going to be head over heels into this business. Right. So we took the family to Colorado and enjoyed a week in Colorado. Well, then, much to my surprise, like six or seven months later, here we are already going skiing in in Colorado just for a couple of days. But I'm like, hell yes. This is cool. And, and the trigger for me was, I'm out here in Colorado. My business is making zero money at this moment. Yeah. Right? Now, we've made money. I set money aside. We, you know, we budgeted for the ski trip. Yeah. However, while I'm here, mm-hmm. no customers are being happy Being served, right? Being made happy. (laughs) Being happy. (laughs) No customers are leaving me five star reviews while I'm here. No Mm -hmm. customers, maybe a few customers, but not very many, are bragging about their experience with me or anything else. You're stagnant, stagnant, flatlined, and so that was the trigger for me to like, wow. For me to really get to a point in business where I can enjoy business, I have to grow this thing to where I'm not having to push on the flywheel twenty four seven to mm-hmm. keep this thing going. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of the scariest point you can be at in business is the one man show. Because if you're, if you're sick, revenue stops. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. wanting to take a vacation, revenue stops. If you get smacked by a bus, your business is over. Yeah. Right. Death Death. in the family. Revenue stops. Yeah,
1: I was actually talking to the guys about that this morning a little bit. Yeah, because like I'm, I was a one man shop, right? And I told them all, like, and I know they've heard me say it before on here, but like, literally, like at five to seven years, you're out.
0: Yeah, you're mentally. If you're you're
1: if you're if you're literally in charge of everything for five to seven years, you're done. Mm. You don't even want to fucking look at a wrench. You are just you are over it, right? And that is not. It's not healthy. Like the, you literally you literally completely lose your passion yep. for doing what you've done for so many years prior to that. Yep. And you're just burned out. And that is not like if you're not careful and you can't handle it, you've literally wasted five years. You've is, wasted is another almost way to your whole
0: career it. because if you do it five to seven years and you walk out like pissed off, now you're now you're like cursing the trade that you're in. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, it wasn't the trade. It was just a bad plan going in. Yeah. Like, the plan should have been get enough employees to where you can stay on the enjoyment side of things, right?
1: Yeah, and you and, and, and for those that don't want to – like, you don't – that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have eight guys. No. You can be a two- or three-truck shop yeah. and, and make it work that way. Like, right. it, it's realistic. Yeah. Like, that's what – and I've told the guys that in trade winds. Uh, a bunch like that's what i wish i would have done right was would have been to have a different vision of instead of being so mad about having to deal with all the idiots that i used to have to deal with yeah. just saying i'm gonna get better idiots this time <laughs> better idiots, like that <laughs> yeah that's what i should have said i'm just gonna get better idiots this time and i'm gonna i'm gonna make this thing happen and if i get to two or three that's gonna be enough where yeah. it's still rolling and i can have a break and yep. like that should have been my so outlook.
0: i'm gonna take a sidebar here for a second Literally, the last episode we recorded, we were bragging about having great contractors in our corner, right? You were. I, well, we both were, right? And one of the contractors we talked about was... Are you talking uh, about Tradewinds? No, no, no. What are the, we talking the about? The last show we recorded refresh we were, me we were talking about how awesome it is to like finally have the good plumber and finally have the yeah yeah and, gotcha, and you okay. know i was talking about, about like if I gotcha. if my house gets obliterated by hail i've got quite a few roofers that i would trust to do my house right yeah yeah. yeah. L- little did i know six hours after we recorded that podcast my house would get obliterated by hail yeah and so i we, got none we, at my house yeah you, i got Dave like, and i live what seven minutes from each other yeah I mean, I don't even
1: think it's three miles.
0: Yeah, you got pea gravel. I got yeah,
1: hardly nothing. Like it was raining. I went outside, I was like, Oh it's raining a little. Oh, little gravel. Is that yeah. a kidney stone? Yeah, it's basically the same thing. A little yeah. hail, and I was like, I'm going back to bed. The next day, I see Mitch hold <laughs> a handful of fucking marbles. I was like, Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> shit, dude. We, we had like boatloads of like one inch hail. Yeah. And
1: Green Valley like, got hammered,
0: and then a couple of golf ball size. You know, five miles to the east of us, they got nailed with golf ball size, breaking out skylights yeah. and big sunroofs. Big hail, and, yeah. Um, so, ironically. I make a post about it on Facebook, and, and I'll say this. Life does not prepare you to know 10 different roofers and know that you're eventually going to have to pick one. And so I have like That's why of you a, don't
1: put that shit on Facebook. You look at your list and go, I'm going to call him this guy.
0: Right. Well, so I have kind of an <laughs> internal hierarchy, right? And the hierarchy, there's no – it's nothing personal or anything else. It has more to do with the roofers that have the allegiance and the investments that I do. And so I have a friend of mine that owns a roofing company. He's a part of Apex. One of his sales guys is also a paying member did jo- of Apex. Is Josh doing your roof? Josh Steinberg. Oh, okay. So if you were at our Tradewinds event, Josh is the guy who, was, who drove the Lambo to the event.
1: Fuck that guy. He's got too much money. Yeah. Pick
0: somebody else. I can hear it's I can like, hear did you ever, ever hear stuff? the story of why he drove the Lambo to the event? I can hear the other shit coming. No. His work truck broke a fucking tie rod, and the tire <laughs> fell off of it. He didn't have any other car to drive. He had to drive his Lambo, and the Lambo doesn't start it. His Lambo is a piece of shit. Is it? Yes. He, he is. He'll he'll tell you this straight out of the gate. I bought the cheapest one I could find. It's it's a Gallardo, I think G- Gallardo. Gallardo. It's twin. It's twin turbo. Yeah he I'm says it's on. the biggest hunk of, like it's a 50 50 shot whether it fucking starts it's the biggest piece of shit ever and he's like he's a tire, funny dude man the tire fell off his work truck and he's like god i hope this car starts <laughs> i got somewhere to be so
1: anyway That's um funny i shit. made that
0: post on facebook by 6 a.m he was already in my dms his sales guy tristan was already in my dms like
2: I need to fix this lamborghini and
0: <laughs> yeah and and they're like we can come out there and i'm like dude it's i'm in un. I, i've never Been through hail, like do your thing, right?
1: Get on my roof and fix my shit, bro.
0: Dude dude comes out here, he's got half the freaking street set up with new roofs. Like we all got obliterated, right? New roofs, new gutters, (laughs) new garage doors, new screens, new mailbox. Broke all my party lights out of the backyard, like fuck my shit up. Glad I glad I got a garage, but yeah. Then like lo and behold, puts all these dents in my garage door and. I mean, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I got four or five dents in my garage door from unruly boys thinking was, that garage door is a, a soccer goal. Dude, I was gonna say. <laughs> right? I was gonna
1: say, don't put a new one in. They're just gonna fuck it up. Right,
0: right. <laughs> well, then you know they tell me like, hey, you got a whole bunch of dents in your garage door. You're probably gonna get new doors. And and I'm like, sweet. So I call Andrew with Stayline Door and Lift. Yeah. And I'm like, you're my guy. Get out here And fix and my shit, send bro. Him a couple of pictures of the dents, and he's like, oh yeah, totally new doors. He's like, no rush. Just give me a buzz whenever you're ready, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm. Uh, you're the only one I'm calling.
1: Yeah. So get after it, bro.
0: We're just gonna do what you do. Yeah. Right. So um, Andrew's
2: an awesome guy too.
0: Oh, he's freaking hilarious. He's. He yeah, I wish hilarious. he would come out of his shell a little bit more because well, once you get yeah. him out of his shell, oh, yeah, he's funny, God, he's, he's awesome. Well, he he's comes off shit. like
2: when you first, your first conversation with him, you are like, dude, this guy is about to kill me.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> real quiet. He's got a little anxiety. Yeah, and, and he's, so he's a yeah. little nervous in those first conversations. I still don't
1: understand how does he come up. In like every fucking eighth episode, we're talking about Andrew.
0: Because he's fucking hilarious, for one. He is and He stays relevant. He, he is, funny. is I like him. If, <laughs> like, for all the listeners of our, our show, find me on Facebook, search my friends for Andrew Powell, and follow the dude. He is the meme king. Mm. He comes up with some of the most steal-worthy memes yeah, ever. But the problem funny. is, he and I live like 10 miles away from each other. Mm. I can't steal his memes with honesty and ethics. If if we were 100 miles from each other, I would steal his memes every day of the week. <laughs> but I can't whenever it's, like, 99. Yeah. Like, he, could, he could just drive over here and punch me. <laughs> like, we, we share, like, 300 friends in common because they're all in our local community. Yeah. Here, so.
2: and here's, like, where this important. Like, my wife and I, we don't have a house, but, like, he makes an impact with the memes, like, silly stuff like that, to where I know who I'm going to use in ten when twenty. When you years. have a house. Yeah, so it's yeah. one of those things where it's, like, don't underestimate, like the indirect return on just silly things like that. Right. Like just the silly memes, like that's always going to stick with somebody like, well, I know that one guy who posts memes. He's going to fix my, my garage. Door. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, he's funny. No, he's, he's freaking great. So he and I have chatted a lot lately cause he's going through some, uh, a little bit of rebrand, not rebranding. He's, he's, he's kind of solidifying his logo a little bit. So he and I have been having conversations about all that stuff. So, interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of uh, out of time here on this one. So we had a whole other topic to get to. We'll talk to it. We'll talk about it next week. That topic for next week is going to be to push your people, to pull your people, or to hold your people accountable. And I'm really thinking that one's probably going to take a whole episode in itself. Yeah, I was so. going to say,
1: I kept thinking, is he going to go on to this? And I kept thinking, he better not, because we're going
0: to be like <laughs> yeah, two and, and a half time. hour I fucking show. Right. Because
2: both topics I chose and yep. up packing out a whole episode.
0: Yep. It's a a good topic to have. I mean, it's the end goal for anybody (laughs) is you want to eventually either get out of the field or sell your business, which if you want to sell your business for good money, you're going to have to be out of the field. So uh, learning how to get out of the field is great. Now, um, we haven't done this in a while. I need to get back at doing this. If you guys have questions that you want us to answer on the show, We've got a couple of different email options for you. One is you can send them to askmitch at mitchsmedley.com. Another one is you can send them to david at tradewinsconsulting.com, and that is trade wins, like winning in the trades. W-I-N-S. T-R- yeah, T-R-A-D-E-W-I-N-S, consulting.com. So, Or you can email mitch at tradewinsconsulting.com, either which. Um, if you're not following Trade Wins on Facebook, you should absolutely do so. Um, if you're wondering how to follow that on Facebook, you can find me on Facebook. You can look at my jobs, and one of my jobs is listed as a mentor at Trade Wins. Boom. So that will give you the direct access for that. Boom. So um, Again, feel free, feel free to message or email in your questions to us. We love all the questions that we get. They actually turn into topics for the show. And sometimes we even give you a shout-out. If you're really cool, like Andrew with Line Door and Lyft, you'll get multiple shout-outs throughout the week.
1: Yeah, or so, Diaz. We haven't talked about Diaz. Diaz in a while. Just be cool and you'll get a shout-out.
0: <laughs> Just be cool. Just actually, be a buddy cool. of mine owns a, has a podcast called Just the be- Just Be Cool Podcast. Yeah, the
1: Just Be Cool Podcast.
0: Yeah. So, Is it
1: okay? I've never actually listened to it.
0: No, it's good. Is it? He's got some high level shit on he gets he gets all these Royals football like Royals baseball players yeah. and football players yeah. and I like Bobby. Oh, oh he's awesome. Yeah. He's cool. He's, he's one cool of the dude. coolest guys ever. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So he's a Dolphins fan. So when we when we come up to our Germany game against the Finns, you know what? We're enemies for a for for well, three and a half let's hours. Let's talk
1: about that right now. The two best teams in the AFC Instead of it being in Miami or here, where it would be awesome and have a great atmosphere, it's me fucking Germany. And bring revenue. Stop! Stop shipping games overseas. So I know it, they want it to be global. It's fucking bullshit,
0: man. Here's here's the catch.
1: They charged you for tickets and you don't get to go.
0: No, 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 no. Here's the catch. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. What do they open every game with? National anthem. Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. What's the Star Spangled Banner written about? <laughs> Kicking Germany's ass. <laughs> um, it's about winning wars. It's about winning wars, but not. Well, I mean, yeah. it, well it's a different
2: war.
1: I was going to say it was the Revolutionary it's, it's a war. war. Yeah, but, okay, okay. It's I was winning like, wars, I was like, which, where's which we he, did against Germany, okay. which we're
0: playing in Germany. Yeah, right. we're allies now. That's it doesn't matter. like
2: really one of those like, weird politically correct things that the people that are on the left, like. Do I kneel or not kneel because it's at Germany and it's a Spangled banner? Do I kinda halfway kneel? Like, that whole fucking kneeling <laughs> thing. Nah. Like,
1: I don't want to get into another thing and it's they've like quit showing it on TV and stuff. If you kneel for the anthem, don't listen to our show.
0: No. That's just rule fucking one. Yeah. Don't. You and Colin Kaepernick can go find your own You can fucking go fuck yourself. Else, That's right? what you can fucking don't do. Don't put
2: your dick in a pencil sharpener.
0: You can, yeah. Did Austin <laughs> say dick? That's the first time <laughs> oh, I've ever heard geez. him cuss.
2: I've had too much it, sugar. Damn. I guess Dick's not
0: really this a word. This is as close to drunk as Austin gets. He had 14 cups of sugar. No, but seriously, if you think
1: you can kneel or do yeah, whatever... You and Colin do, Kaepernick can yeah. go sit in the unemployment yeah, line you together. can get the fuck out of here. Don't
0: listen to our show. Let's find something else. Um, Limb dick, liberal fucks. Let's close the show out on the way that we brought it in, talking about war. If somebody really wanted to strike war with America, they would bomb that stadium that the Chiefs and the Fins are what playing. The, why in. would you
1: even say I'm that? Not, I'm not <laughs> recommending.
0: Why they do, would you even say that? But I'm saying you take out Travis Kelsey and you take out Patrick Mahomes and you take out Tua Tagovailoa. I guarantee Taylor's going to be there. Tyreek Hill. If
1: Taylor's going to be this there, this
0: nation will uprise against you. Can you
1: imagine right now Rise if up, Taylor up, Swift uprise. was there and something happened to her? Woo! The Swifties, the Swifties would be wanting to own ARs real quick. The
0: Swifties would all be buying They're ARs. They'd really be
1: like, oh. We get your point now. Yeah. Taylor's it gone. makes
0: so much sense. Yeah. It's such
1: a miracle. They'd be losing how your, their your fucking poli- minds, dude. It's,
2: it's such a miracle how your policies will also align
1: with your feelings. Yeah. yeah no shit, right? <laughs> yeah. You know Biden's over there this week, I think. I just kept I, thinking.
0: I don't, I don't care. I,
1: no, I just kept thinking maybe someone will fucking crack a shot at him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The the scary thing is, I don't, I mean, what's then we got to deal with Kamala.
0: Oh, uh, can't okay, Cackle again, britches. I'm not. I mean. I'm not asking for this. I'm just saying that in history, we used to have a lot of assassination attempts, and now we don't. The like, Secret Service I is really good. I think it's cyclical. Do so, you think
1: we're about to be on a deal where people start getting capped I mean,
0: again? I mean, as much as I liked Trump, I am amazed oh, that yeah, there was several attempts against him. I right? am too. I
2: think during his campaign, he had people like run at him, but I don't think there was any...
1: Right. Yeah. I think... Uh, I I am too because like, I kept thinking the same thing. I'm like, dude, they're going to kill this guy, and the
0: shit still happens around he's the world. Making, like, it's just a matter of time before one of our presidents, yeah. presidents gets popped.
1: Like he he's making so much noise in both parties and like pulling the wool back so everyone can see. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, yeah, he's going to get. And then, but and, then nothing. So well, I don't and, know.
0: and who knows? Maybe nowadays people realize the president doesn't really have all that much power. It's more the the whole. Man, you, you, you say know, that. Well, they do, Joe but,
1: Biden took out 2,000 people's jobs and their livelihoods the
0: first day. Well, I I know, but like, you know, Trump killed 2,000 immigrants from coming into the U.S. in the first day. Like, they all have those yeah. kinds of things, but let's be honest, 2,000 people affected by a presidential decision ain't that much. I mean, we're all paying God knows what for fucking gas right now. That's God. more than 2,000 people. I well, that that's the because price of eggs went down. fucking Biden... <sighs> Yeah.
1: Don't give me fuck. Stop. I'm trying. You know what? I, we had a good Here. show. Let's, let's nice leave and Dave pissed off. Nope. Rem-
0: remember how Biden said he's not responsible for gas prices? And then, like, a, seven days later, yeah. he got gas prices to drop by 50 cents. And he's like, this is my doing through punches of conversations with the right people.
1: I'm not saying anything. Yeah. I'm not letting you find me <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it.
0: You ain't sleeping tonight. My guts <laughs> hurt. I'm tired. I'm not doing it.
1: Ugh. All right. Stop it, Mitch. Next week. Push
0: them, pull them, or hold them accountable.
1: <laughs> Talking about business. It's a business Shut up, topic, Austin. people.
0: Shut up. We'll see you next week. <laughs>